Hello and welcome back to Onto the Ball. I'm the host Scott Nicol and I'm joined as always by my co-hosts Travis Morgan and James O'Brien. We're going to go through a big weekend of football which includes the Manchester derby of course, Man United versus Manchester City and Brighton at home to our beloved Liverpool. Um, it's a bit of a onto the ball roadshow this week. James O'Brien is with his son playing football, so he's he's in the car. We're going to see how it goes down. If he's not feeling comfortable, he might dip out. Uh, Trav, Ob, how he's doing? He's okay. How's your week been? Is everyone back to full fitness? Basically, that's what I want to know. I'm definitely not. I couldn't get a doctor's appointment though because I start work at around eight ish, and the doctors you have to ring at about eight. So I just didn't have the time. And then when I tried to call in the afternoon, I couldn't get through. So I've got a little bit of a bad chest, but I'm I'm good to go. I'm good to go. Apart from that, busy week at work, but happy for the weekend. OB, you all right, mate? Yeah, yeah. I've been, uh, I had a, had a headache this week. Um, probably the result of my football team more than anything else, but I have had some headaches, but <laughs> I seem to, be, seem to be on the mend. Was that um, head, did that headache going... come on when you found Nunes was injured? <laughs> was it like who else is going to be yeah, injured, I tell, man? I tell you what, it's, un, it, it's unbelievable, isn't it? It's just one of another one of them injuries that just hit what we were trying to do and and sort of scuppered any sort of progress we'll make this season. But yeah, it did seem to intensify um, the way I was feeling in my head. Certainly, <laughs> nice one. Yeah. Well, anyway, let's just get straight onto the ball. I don't want to hear about how ill you two are. You both need to <laughs> man up sneeze it out and uh yeah let, let's just get straight on to liverpool liverpool away to brighton i seen adam lalana post today on facebook saying that their training is going really well the camp is buzzing bring on liverpool tomorrow and i thought i don't know about you guys but there's just a couple of fixtures uh recently we can add brentford away to that after the mauling liverpool took but Brighton away is just a fixture. I don't know about you, Ob, but I look at it and I dread it. I fully expect a Brighton win tomorrow, which a couple of years ago sounded crazy, but especially with Nunes being out, Firmino's not fit yet, Jota's out, Diaz is out. It could be a front three of Ox, Gakpo in the middle, Salah on the right, which doesn't sound too bad on paper, but what what's your expectations and are you as worried as me, Ob? Do you know what, Scott? Right? This, this is the sort of game where you've got to you've got to rely on the mentality monsters. Do you remember the mentality monsters when we used to talk about how Liverpool would always find a way to win games? They'd go into games where they're up against it. If it was people injured, be up against it. And that followed through into the year where they were absolutely crippled by injuries. And we had uh, Phillips and um, the other lad, Reese uh, Williams, Williams yeah. yeah, at the back. And we still managed to make the top four with them, which was absolutely huge. Allison scored a header and all of that stuff. And I've just got this feeling that this is the sort of game that could kickstart our season. Because I really <laughs> want to see... Travis going to love that. How can it kickstart? Is this I the really big kickstart? I think, it, I think it'll kickstart our season. I think we'll, we'll turn up tomorrow. I think confidence will be high at Brighton. I think they'll come on to us, um, but I think away from home, providing we've got we set up the right way, um, the players do their job, enough players turned up with enough focus, they're all getting a lot of criticism, so their mind should be focused on, I'm going to show show the, the press, show the supporters, show everybody that um, 
that we need to do something different and we need to, and we are good players. And there's enough quality in that. If you look at the starting lineups of the two teams, there's enough quality for Liverpool to win the game. Absolutely 100%. Also, on top of that, obviously, Brighton are missing uh, Trossard, who's been dropped because he's fallen out with a manager. And I just think that sort of thing, that's the guy that always bothered me more than anybody else. And him not playing, I think we can get to them. I think it's a good one for our confidence. I think it'll come on to us and it'll leave space in behind. And if we're if we're where we should be, or if we've got any ambition of a top four, we should be doing something away to there. And I've got this feeling, Scott, we're going to do it. Ob, that's why I invited you on to this podcast for my mental health. <laughs> you always come over with absolute positivity. You make me feel better within myself. He's like the genie in the lamp. <laughs> um, but yeah, Whenever I, I don't. Needed. I don't share your optimism, but um, but I'm on board with whatever you're saying. Um, Brighton, Travis, I don't know if, if you feel that way, if Man United were away at Brighton, but I've seen reports that Chelsea want De Zebri as their next manager. <laughs> That's this, how this well manager. Brighton are doing. So it can be Potter back to Brighton and they'll take De Zebri off them. I mean, they're, they're, they're a threat. And Trossard, um, just quickly, he's in the last six months of his deal, isn't he? Yeah, he's I've heard that he's on a free free transfer. Uh, yeah. And I looked the other day, he's only 28, I think. Would any of you have him on a free? On a free, yeah. Without yeah. a doubt, that on a free, not even wage dependent. He's a top, he's top draw. I think the reason, reading between the lines, why I think there's been a breakdown with there being six months left on his deal, it's quite obvious Brighton have tried to get him to sign a small contract so we can go for some money next year and it and it's obviously not happened because obviously a lot of clubs end up more or less doing the players over and pricing them out of moves and that's happening more and more often now so you can understand from like sort of the player and the agent stance that they're more reluctant to sign these deals um the contracts are getting bigger and bigger at clubs and, and the prices are getting more and more stupid to be honest with you and and less and less top players are getting the moves that they desire so I can see both sides of it obviously there is an attitude and an application that a player has to have sounds like Trossard's overstepped the mark a little bit and he's being punished but I think the the thing about the manager is is, is that he's been talked about as being a better tactician than Potter and the, there was a real buzz about this manager and the way he's playing and I think what makes Brighton so dangerous is, as OB was alluding to with Trossard being out, because they're such a system-orientated team and they don't necessarily rely that heavily on individuals. I mean, if you think of the strikers that they've had, like the Morpay and then when he left and went to Everton and Welbeck stepped up and carried that mantle and they, they just have like a carousel of players that come through. They remind me of a little bit when Southampton were flying and they were producing like... Luke Shaw's and Van Dyke's and Ward Prowse's and all those players that just kept coming through. They remind me of that a little bit, um, but they're not really a selling club like Southampton were. So I think this is a tricky game for Liverpool. But I do agree with Obi in the sense of, I think it's Liverpool dependent. Like, I think if Liverpool turn up and they're at it, they can quite comfortably turn Brighton over. But you just don't know what Liverpool you're going to get. Like, it's a hard game because Brighton are flying a full of confidence, like they said, bring on Liverpool. But it's all going to be down to Liverpool. If Liverpool turn up and they're at the max, I do expect Liverpool to win the game. But if they don't, 
it's it could be a disaster. It really could. It's got banana skin written all over it, to be honest with you. Absolutely. And it's it's like you say, you talk about the system and the the team is is a sum of all the parts. Really, if you look at it, it'll be a team containing Danny Welbeck and Adam Lalana should not have a chance against Liverpool. They're like Man United and Liverpool rejects, both early 30s. And then we're talking about our players in the early 30s are burnt out, potentially finished. On paper, this should be a walkover for Liverpool. But as you say, that these teams are so well organised now and they, they do a Liverpool on Liverpool with the high press, the, the high energy. It's... It's a. It's going to be. I predict it's going to be a banana skin, and I predict we're going to lose. Um, I'm. I'm not looking forward to it at all. Um, so really? let's. No, I'm. I'm not looking forward to it. Liverpool. Do you know why? It's. It's especially because it's away from home. We are honking away from home. I've got no confidence at all. This could be another Brentford three-one. In fact, I'm going to go early to the score predictions, and I'm going to say we're going to get beat three-one. Horrifyingly. Wow. What about you two? I, I I think there'll be goals. I think um, I'm going to go Liverpool 2-1. I just think the reason for that is because I think Liverpool are going into this game and no one's expecting them to sort of turn it round. I think it's a big weekend of results. Obviously, we've got the Manchester derby, you've got the North London derby. These teams in the top six that are going to be taking points off one another, and and I'm and I'm purely going on law of averages. Like Liverpool been on quite a poor run of form. I just expect them to just dig a result out of somewhere and sort of make up a little bit of ground because I think between now and the end of the season, it's going to be topsy turvy. There's going to be teams interchanging positions within that sort of top four and six, and I just think Liverpool this weekend. Just have to be, just have to stand up and be counted, and they've got to start taking responsibility. I know you've got injuries and stuff, but you can't use it as an excuse. You've got the players you've got, you've got the manager you've got, and similar to what I've just read some quotes from Klopp's press conference, um, and he's just talking about in terms of the transfers that reading between the lines, I don't think he's going to get any money to buy a midfielder, and and he's got to just sort of put, he's just saying to himself, I'm going to put up and shut up and give it my all. And I think that's the sort of character you're going to see tomorrow at the Amex. 2-1, Trav says, to Liverpool, OB. I'm going to go 3-1, Liverpool. Yes, come on. I just think think that we'll sucker them in. I think they'll overcommit at points. I think we'll find space. It's quite a big pitch. Um, And I think that we'll have enough players focused enough on the game and it's a big, it's a big moment for for certain players, um, Trent and and obviously Matip and Robertson and Henderson and players like that. If they turn up and function, a lot of them very very natural leaders. We have a good game off Allison. We're we're, we're going to have too much, and I think Salah Salah Gapko, if that can get going, whether it be Ox, it probably will be. Um, I don't know what his other options are. He might even. He might even play about with the system a little bit tomorrow, but I think Gapko and Salah up front will be very, very, very difficult for, for any team to deal with, especially if we get the ball moving and we quickly transition. I think we'll cause them an awful lot of problems, particularly on the break, and I think that's the way Klopp will play the game. I think he'll look for getting in behind into space and supporting them two or them three up front with, uh, with runners. And I've got a feeling that, that Salah's going to have a really good day tomorrow. 
I love it. And Nunes has been I confirmed think... is out, isn't he? So he's definitely yeah. out. He hasn't trained from what I read today. I think yeah, it's a must-win for Liverpool as well. I think it is a must-win for Liverpool, to oh, be honest. Now, yeah. I think it's a must-win. I think the pressure's going to really ramp up if you don't get a result tomorrow. I mean, a draw you might get away with, but if it's a defeat, the, the magnifying glass is going to come out and the spotlight's really going to come on, on the club. And there's going to be a lot of pressure, especially if you're not going to spend in the transfer window. I don't think Klopp's job's going to be under threat, but I think he's going to be under real pressure. And I think... What what then tends to happen is you start to see little divides in the fan base, small sections like starting to voice what they sort of want to happen with the manager and stuff. Because if if the club ha- haven't been sold yet, it, in, a, in a horrible way, it's all they've got to go at. Do you know what I mean? The next person in line is the manager. He's the one that's going to take the responsibility. He's the one that's got to change things for the team. And I think if you do lose tomorrow, he is going to come under real pressure. That's just my honest opinion. I think he already is, Trav. Uh, I don't know about you, OB, but any kind of live streams I've been on or YouTube channels talking about Liverpool, 90% of the comments are pretty much blaming Klopp. Now, I know you've got to take it with a pinch of salt and these are just keyboard warriors that have probably never been to Anfield or they're from the other side of the world and they're just trying to say things for clickbait for a reaction to start a, a debate, but... It is pretty much all negative, like I say, 90% negative towards Klopp, which I find unbelievable myself. I, I found his I found his demeanour slightly different again. Mm. Um, after the announcement, FSG were looking for investment or looking at the options of, of selling the club, he seemed quite upbeat. Um, mm. Last couple of press conferences, he hasn't seemed quite so upbeat. I think he was particularly spiky again today, which worries me a little bit. Um, it could be that he's got a, it's us versus them, a siege mentality on the go, and that'll play into the minds of the players, and that might be what he's doing. Um, it would just be interesting to see. I, I don't think he's beyond criticism, but I would say that it's very difficult to criticise somebody who's been so um, immense from a tactical perspective for so long. And in my head, and eventually, I'm sure I'll be wrong at some point, but I always believe he's got the tactical nous and the understanding and the coaching ability um, that he can turn it round. And I think there's only two or three managers in the world that can do that and turn it round and suddenly get on a run and create something out of nothing. And I think Klopp is in that in that elite group. Um, and I believe if anybody can turn it round, it, it, it'll be Jurgen. And I'm 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 pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that we're going to see a real strong, consistent response from that team tomorrow. Don't be surprised if we go to absolute town on them, Scott. I'm telling you. <laughs> Trav, are you Bye, buying it? Absolutely. I love it. I love are you it. buying it? I'm sold, mate. I'm sold. I'm sold. <laughs> he it. sold it to me. Sold me the dream, mate. <laughs> sold me the dream. No, but I'm, no, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Like you said, I think it is a must-win game for Liverpool. It makes it intriguing. Brighton full of confidence, got a World Cup winner in this squad. Everyone's bouncing in Brighton. It's going to be a tough game. But that's what the Premier League's all about. What game isn't tough? It doesn't matter who you play, whoever's in the table. Do you know what I mean? They're all tough. And if you can get three points and a couple of teams drop, possibly you'll come off. So, yeah, it's going to be intriguing. Um, We're going to get on to Man United in a minute, but just quickly... We've got to say a yeah. few words for Graham Potter leaving Brighton and he is having a real tough time at Chelsea. 
Um, yeah. I mean, he must be on the verge of losing his job. I don't know how you can when he hasn't had a transfer window to himself yet. Jao Felix, he brought yeah. in. I'm not saying I see ball, but I said it. You've only got to look at Radamel Falcao, how he worked out at Man United. These lone players coming from a different league, a different style of football, uh, a loan fee, massive wages. It just this this could almost define Chelsea at the minute. This is this is Chelsea. Jao Felix coming in on loan. He's very much like what you they've know already what got. Graham Potter is he's just he's struggling. He looks out of he's his depth already. And Drowning. when we first started our channel, Trav and I done a podcast and it unfortunately got deleted with our first channel. But we say Graham Potter, fantastic coach. But if he goes to Chelsea, he won't command the dressing room purely because he's not a foreigner and he didn't have a, a glorious, glittering playing career himself. It's a recipe for disaster. He got appointed Chelsea manager about seven days later. We haven't got the video. I can't turn it into a short to prove that we know football. But can any of you lads see him surviving this and turning it around? Do, do, do you know what? I'm, I'm, I feel a bit sorry for him. Yeah, I do. I really do because because he was left with a decision. He's done well at Brighton. He's worked his way up through um, various coaches and and understood the game and travelled the world and he got himself up at Brighton. He's done a job now. He an England. You're not going to get that many chances. So when Chelsea come along and go, okay, we're going to give you the opportunity, and you think to yourself, oh, I can go and get a nice little glow up, which he seems to have done, <laughs> um, and then thinks to himself, I've got to back myself. Ultimately, if you're that confident and you believe you the job wasn't going to be there this time, he wasn't going to get one of the famous big six. Unless you know how he looks now, though he's gone. He's gone back homeless again. Have you seen what he looks like now? <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, it, the, the glow up didn't last, and neither, neither is his confidence. He really got back, and I do feel for him because he was left with no decision. In my yeah. view, he had to take that job. He couldn't knock it back, and he couldn't afford to knock it back. And he's in a position where many of his own players being forced to hand. They didn't have a recognised striker that he could fit in the system that would consistently be in a system that had the right attitude. I don't know what else he could have done. Um, I think Joe Felix seemed like a panic buy to me. From what I've heard, and I didn't watch the game last night, he was really good for an hour yeah, before he was sent off. I've heard that he was the best player on the park. So it is a little bit unlucky. Um, it was a red card, but he's a little bit unlucky there. But for me... I, I think Joe Felix is too similar to Havertz as a player. And for me, I'd say Havertz is a better player. Yeah. So I don't understand why they've spent 20 million quid bringing the player for five months. And that's what they've done. Um, it's, it reeks of desperation and it's going to spread like wildfire around that club that they're desperate. And, it, and it, people in, in, in the inside will know that he's scrambling around for his job now. And there'll be, there'll be forces within Chelsea, certainly amongst the players, He'll be quite happy to see the back of them, especially if they're out of favour. And having someone like a Bamian around the club when he's not in favour is poison. And we've seen that at seen that wow. Arsenal before. Well, the Felix signing reminds you of something United would have done like a couple oh, of years ago. Yeah, it, it thinks it thinks of United old business, doesn't it? 
So, like, what's killed Chelsea is I can't believe, I don't understand why they sacked Tuchel. Like, I just don't get it. Like, and the timing of the sacking as well. They didn't even sack him in January or at the end of the season, which would have given a Potter, Potter a window to clear out some boys and get his own boys in. When you when you start a new job like that, you have to get, and you're inexperienced at that level and you're not used to managing players of that higher profile, you have to bring in players that are on side already. Some of your own players, some players that you know or you've worked with before or sort of understand your way of playing because it's just going to kill you. So he's gone in and he's had this indifferent run and he's had all these players that were there previously looking to get moves out, players that are unhappy in the dressing room. He's dealing with this whole concoction of mess. And like you said, it's just killed him, really. Then he's got to January and it seems like a lot of the recruitment isn't really his choices. I know he got Cucurella, but if you look at the other signings, like you said, it just stinks of desperation. All these high profiles like your Felixes and stuff like that. And all the players that they're being linked with. And I'm just, I am worried because they probably want to give him time. They, I think they want to give him time. They, they probably want to give him another couple of windows to shape the squad. But I just don't think he's going to get it because there's no way they can be in and around temp for the rest of the season. It's just impossible. The fans won't accept it. And like you said, that owner, his, he's not going to project all, all the finances based on them being 10th. That's not even in the Europa Conference League. Do you know what I mean? They can't even aff- they can't afford to finish 10th at all yeah. with the outlet that they're spending. So I really do worry for him. I think if he doesn't win three of or, or four even of his next five, I think, well, three of his next five with losses in there, I think he could go. I really do. One of them's against Liverpool, at Liverpool. I think it's next game after this one. Um, next, next next weekend, yeah. Yeah, I can't see where their next win's going to come from. To be honest, I really can't. That, like, I watched them. I watched the full game yesterday against Fulham. Surprisingly, I didn't think I'd watch it all because I wanted to see Felix. But like again, they look quite threatening, but just so vulnerable, just so open. Again, just easy to get at Fulham, just causing them problems on the side. I was just thinking, if I know Fulham are doing very very well, but teams just. They're just so soft-centred and it's so unlike Chelsea when it's so unlike them. I do think that sometimes there is moments where there's a key player and when a key player isn't there, and I do think Rudiger is oh, the one. I can't it, believe it. It, it was so important that Rudiger was in that team last season and yeah. they held themselves in games. They held themselves in the cup finals against us as well, Scott, with, with him performing at a ridiculously high level. Mm-hmm. And when when he's gone, obviously they've got Koulibaly and who I've, I've rated really highly for years and years. Mm. He is, it's like he's shot. He's gone. Did you see that yeah. tweet about him? decision making's gone. It's unbelievable. It's, I don't know if he's just, something's happened to him over the summer. He's 31, he's OB. Like, he's 31, which is why I said yeah, I don't but, want Liverpool to sign him. You cannot build your team around 31-year-old signings, Casemiro. Like someone's just got the men in black <laughs> neuralizer on him and just gone, you've got to play football. It's just weird. <laughs> right, yeah. listen, you can't, you can't just be writing everybody who's 31 off. That can't be the, the way the podcast's going to go from you, now. You on. sound like Trav, OB. That's what he says to me. <laughs> <laughs> right, listen, time's obviously of the essence and we've got to get on to Man U, uh, Man City. Yeah, sure. So just, just quickly, one word answer. Does Potter make it to the end of the season, Trav? No. Obi? No. Nope. Unlucky Graham Potter. The magic. 
the magic has ended, the magic move, and he's getting a sack. Right, on to Man United, Man City. Travis, mm. where do you want to start? The more I'm looking at this game, i got to admit, I'm worried. Man City, OB, why couldn't they be this crap when we were going for the league in 18-19 and last season? They're handing it to Arsenal. They look porous at the back. They look blunt up front. They look one-dimensional with Erling Haaland. Um, if Kevin De Bruyne is not loading the boot, the uh, loading the bullets for Haaland, Haaland no is Nicholas else. Bentner. He's Nicholas <laughs> Bentner. He's all I, in. I, I can see Man United winning tomorrow. I really can. And I, Arsenal are going to win this league by 10 points. Convince me otherwise. Fight me. I'm, I'm telling you that's not happening. I'll tell you why <laughs> that's not happening. Because for me, I think the City game they uh, during the week in the Carabao Cup, they rest a lot of players. Um, I think that they'll come back a bit fresher. I do think that one of their players is struggling. That's Foden particularly. I think he looks like he's struggling since he's come back from the World Cup. Interesting to see how that develops over the next few weeks. Um, City will start that game like a train. I'm telling you now, and it'll be United having to try and suck up and counter early on. And it'll be really interesting to see how quickly United get the ball into Rashford and the transition and make sure that they, they get they get the ball in quickly and try and cause City problems that way. I think that'll be the key to the game. It it might go a bit basketball-y at points, with City holding the ball and United trying to counter. Um, but it'll be interesting to see. But I think City will have too much for them. I really do. Travis, during the 6-3, was it? Was it 6-3 at the City ground? 6-3, yeah. You said no one can yeah. live with this City team. So you're just writing the game off. What's your expectations tomorrow? Can Man United live with City tomorrow? Would it be a shock if they got a draw or a win in your mind? I think Ten Hag's going to have to come up with something a little bit different from that first encounter, obviously, due to the scoreline. But I've looked at the team news again and Martial's having a fit in the test. There's no Dallo, so Wan-Bissaka will definitely play. He's actually done well since the turn of the World Cup. He's come back in and he's looked pretty solid. Nothing nothing to shout about, but he's looked solid, better than he has been. So I think tactically we're going to have to come up with something a little bit different, a little bit of a plan. I think we're going to need some more legs in midfield because we're going to do a lot of running tomorrow. So I think Ericsson might take a place on the bench. The, the danger is he's so good on the ball, his ball retention so good, and I think we, tr we want to try and limit giving them possession back as much as possible as well. So there is a catch-22 with that as well. So it could go, like, it could go literally Cap Casemiro, Ericsson, Fred and Bruno Fernandes and go like a, a little bit of a two-up top, just like Anthony floating in and around Rashford. And we sort of play a little bit of a diamond type thing because I know Bruno, when Anthony was out, was playing tucked in off the right. So I think that's a bit of an option and we sort of go like a little bit of like four centre mids in there. I don't know how it's going to look offensively shape-wise, but like I said, I think the priority is going to be us from us is, is going to be stopping them playing. And and I think the best way to stop City playing is, is to stop them from building up from the back, personally, because once you let them start getting rhythm and getting comfortable on the ball and Stones is coming out with it and stuff, and you let them relax, I think you can't let them do that. So I personally... Like OB said in terms of City starting fast, I think we've got to do the same. I think we've got to press from the word go. Un unfortunately, like I said, it doesn't look like we're going to have Martial. 
Veghorst hasn't been signed in time. So it looks like Rashford's going to play up front. I think we'll play Anthony just off him. Garnacho, I think, is a little bit inexperienced for this tie. So I think he'll start the game from the bench. And personally, I like the idea of like a sort of a, a bit of a flexible diamond um, and, and with the solid back four, solid back five that we've been playing. So for the first time, I'm actually looking forward to the game. Like I'm scared because obviously I'm scared because it's City and they, and they patterned us like the, the last few times I've been to the Manchester Derby at Old Trafford, I've never actually watched us beat Man City at Old Trafford. So our record in recent times has been very poor at Old Trafford. I think we've won one game where Man City were just sort of like messing around, should have beat us and they didn't take our chances and we sort of nicked it and won 2-0. But apart from that, we've been beaten quite comprehensively every time. So I think, there's, like you said, there's a good atmosphere in and around the ground at the moment. The fans, the manager, the players, everyone's really upbeat. And I think if we've got a chance, this is the best possible chance. But City, off the back of that cup defeat, are going to come out all guns blazing. So I expect there to be goals tomorrow. There's our short for tomorrow, Ob. Trav saying, "I'm looking forward <laughs> to this tomorrow." And then we do we we do steals yeah. of Harland hat trick one two three. Damn, I know, I know. Um, Jaden Sancho is he? Trav. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Trav, Ob. Do you fancy? Do you fancy that if to say you've played well and lost narrowly, mm-hmm. that the supporters would still be on board at this point? Yeah. Yeah, for sure, because like I said, I mean, as a fan, you should be looking at the overall project and the direction it's sort of going in. I mean, we know City are more or less the finished article, do you know what I mean, in terms of the manager, the recruitment and and the direction and their model, it, it stays consistently, it doesn't really change. And even up to this point, that project, the model... The Ten Hag way is still a little bit of an unknown to the fans. We're starting to see components of it, but there's still a lot, a long way to go. And and it's important that we put that into perspective. I mean, I'm I'm like the rest of them. I get gassed and I get excited when we go on runs and we're, we're up there and stuff. But the main thing is for us, target wise, if we're being honest for ourselves, is definitely the top four. We do want to win trophies. That's that's what United are sort of based on. Same as Liverpool. Same with all the big clubs. You all want to win stuff. But I think the priority for us is is for us to continue to go in the same direction as we're going, continue to chip away and build up the squad, get get players out that need to go out. And tomorrow is an opportunity. I'm classing it as an opportunity for us to show that we can compete with City. And, and why not? Do you know what I mean? In a one-off game at home to City, early kickoff, anything can happen. And normally in the early kickoffs, there's always dodgy results. So I'd take my new winning as being a dodgy result all day long. Do you know what I mean? Don't worry about that. I don't really care how we play tomorrow. If we can get any sort of result, I'll be absolutely ecstatic. I really will. I think sort of not form does go out the window in these games. It really does. Um, I think um, not trying any to trap you, Trav. And honest, yeah. honest. Yeah, yeah. Would you be shocked if you got a draw or a win tomorrow? Would it be a shock to you? It wouldn't yeah, to me. Because... It wouldn't to me. No, no, no. No, I can see from a neutral perspective why it wouldn't, because we are banging form in terms of the way we're sort of getting results. We've been, we've been consistent. We've been consistent in the way we've kept clean sheets. I know some of the opposition hasn't necessarily been the best all the time, but as I've stressed before, all the other big teams around us are dropping 
points against the same team. So you can only beat what's in front of you. And 90% of the time, we've been beating what's in front of us very well, and very convincingly. Even throughout the games, I've not really felt panicked like I used to, like we could drop points and stuff like that. So it's very positive from a Man U perspective. So I can see why you're saying that United could potentially win this game. Definitely. I think if City turn up and they're at the best, we'll struggle just to cope with it. Um, but if we catch them a little bit off and we're at it, then I think we could get a result. So, again, I'm I'm going to go, in terms of a score prediction, I'm going to go 2-1 City on, um, <laughs> tomorrow. don't like to bet against my own team, but I'm just thinking with my head and not my heart. I really hope I'm wrong. But I'm going to go 2-1 City. I think there'll be a couple of goals. I can see... City taking the lead or C equalising and then them just getting a goal and we just huff and puff. But as long as we give a good showing, then I'll be delighted and we, and we can compete with them. That's the main thing for me. OB, score prediction? I'm going to go 4-1 City. I think City <laughs> will be bang on it. And I don't think that'll be a reflection of how United will play. I just think they will they'll elevate themselves. I think. What Pep have I done do... to you, OB? Why do you hate me like this? What are you... I, what, I, I, what I, have I done? Not, it's not hating. It's not hating you. I mean, it's just... It's, it's just, just business, a, Trav. I, it's business. It's business. I, honestly, I honestly believe that Pep will be hurting from what happened during the week. He hates losing. We've seen that in any competition. And I think he will get into them so hard. I imagine that them team talks that he had, and I don't know if you ever watched the, the 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 all or nothing with them. He's very very intense, and he talks a lot about individual moments, and he really gets into the detail, and he'll pull the players aside one on one. And I think some of the boys that will start the game tomorrow, if they played um, during the week, they will be getting explained to them exactly what they've done wrong and why they've done something wrong and what they could do better. I just have this feeling that they are going to be absolutely bang on their game and I think it'll be tight to 60 odd minutes maybe but I think then City will just pull away and they'll find extra levels um, what we've got to remember is that they've got they've obviously got Haaland and they've also got Alvarez who won't even won't, unlikely to start tomorrow and he'll make an absolute difference when he plays you know what I mean when he comes off the bench they have got layers and layers and layers of talent that they can use they've got Grealish, they've got Foden They'll rotate. Some of them will play. Some of them won't play. And I just think that more and more we're seeing the impact of substitutes and depth in squad. And I think that City have got the ultimate depth. And I think Guardiola will be bursting to get that right tomorrow, especially at Old Trafford. Nice one. I'm going to go 3-2 to Manchester United. Um I just got what? this feeling. I've just got this feeling. City are almost, that's almost. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Bring, right it bring it in. Bring it in. Bring them three points in for me. Right, listen, listen. <laughs> you two more than anyone know what I'm like for reverse psychology. All right. So sometimes I'll say something because I want the opposite to happen. Man United are going to win three two. It's going to virtually hand the title to Arsenal. City feel like to me they're almost throwing the raising the white flag like it's a bit of a nothing season. Maybe they're going all out for the Champions League. They'd be happy with that. Mm. I can just smell something, and I think Arsenal are going to win this league by 10 points. Um, we're just going to end on one question, because I know Obi's going to have to shoot soon. His lad's probably coming out after training. Travis, Voot mm. Veghorst. What on earth? Have you not learned anything <laughs> from Odeon Agalo? What is that about? The biggest, so-called biggest club in the world, getting loan deals of strikers 
not only that, but a Burnley reject? Like, do, the biggest do we club not in the world. take I think the wanna, mick out of I think we want to sign the biggest players in height as well. That's what I think it's down to, mate, to He's be the honest. Foreign, the foreign the Peter player. Crouch, six foot seven. <laughs> what is that? Tell me for a minute. Sell it to me. Um, the, the deal you don't know, do you? <laughs> nah, I'm struggling. No, but the deal, <laughs> the deal hasn't got an option to buy, so it's most definitely that we're not going to be signing him in the summer. I think the main reason we've signed him, if you actually look at him statistically, I think he's in the top three strikers in the world for pressing stats, unbelievably. That might actually tie into how Ten Hag wants to sort of play from the front. I don't think he'll play. I don't think he'll start a lot of games though because he does fancy Martial. But he's here as an impact player. He's here to just add some meat to the squad. If he can add a few goals and and just contribute in that way, then it's fine. But I'm not expecting anything well beaten from him. I'm really not. I've got to be honest. I'm not like pausing with it. Like oh my god, but it is what it is. Like I said, Ronaldo's gone one out, one in. He'll come off the bench if we need a goal and we'll just flood a few crosses in there and he'll try and head it in. That's, that's literally Scott, what doing. Scott, you remember in 2002 after the World Cup when off the back of a decent World Cup we bought a striker, uh, El Hadj Juice. <laughs> this remember. whole deal stinks of El Hadj Juice. <laughs> it's literally like someone's had a half-decent World Cup, get him in. And I think that... Ten Hag obviously knows him in all seriousness. I think he, he is something different, but I'm not sure he's right for United. And it it does smell of, is he is he just trying to buy some time and get them through to the point of they're in the Champions League and um, come the close season, he's got someone else lined up quite possibly. But I'm not sure it's, a, it's the answer to what United need right now, to be honest. I see your El Hajduf and I raise you a Daniel Amakachi. From the World Cup. <laughs> Anyone beat that? Daniel Amakachi oh, to Everton? Wow. I can't beat that. Gonna take no. Right, let's end no. on the Daniel Amakachi. Lads, cheers for <laughs> joining me tonight, especially UOB. You're pulling out all the stops for the poddy onto the ball. That's commitment for, for <laughs> you in your car, in the car park while your lads at footy training. Travis, also you, no. wolfing your dinner down. I put the pressure on you to be done by quarter past seven. Really appreciate it. <laughs> right. Let's reconvene after the weekend's ball and let's see what happens. I predicted a Liverpool loss and a Man United win. I'm going to go for a lie down. I hope you do. You guys uh, enjoy the weekend. If anyone's enjoyed this poddy, please remember to hit the like and subscribe and I'll see you with my co-hosts, Travis and James, on the next one. Cheers, guys. Thanks a lot. Cheers. Cheers.